The following is a presentation of Main Street Preps, your source for high school sports in Middle Tennessee. Head coaches Isaac Shelby and Chad Watson preview Gallatin versus Clarksville. Players of the week making our picks and a school setting a school record for points in a game for the second time this year. All that and more coming up next. This is Coach Beak with Brady and Zach covering Montgomery and Sumner County football. Here are your hosts, Brady McAtemney and Zach Womble. Hey everybody, welcome back to Coach Speak. My name is Brady McAtemney. I'm the sports editor at Main Street Clarksville. And I am Zach Womble, the sports editor here in Sumner County for the Gallatin News, the Hendersonville Standard, and the Portland Sun. Brady, why don't you tell everybody what we got going on today? Yeah, we got a fun show. Uh, we got one of the biggest games uh, of the season between uh, my my schools and your schools coming up. Uh, it's going to be Clarksville versus Gallatin, and we were lucky enough to be able to talk to uh, both head coaches, Isaac Shelby and Chad Watson, uh, to get both perspectives on that. So stick around to uh, hear from those guys. Absolutely. And of course, as always, we've got players of the week, which we absolutely love. And then we've got our picks to close out the show. So it's going to be a fun one this episode is. So stay tuned and stick around to hear what we got to say. Absolutely. And uh, you heard it in the tease. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, the Kenwood Knights. Uh, These guys scored 82 points against Northwest this week, um, or I should say last week. Um, and for and that is the uh, second time this season that they set a school record for points scored in a week, if you can believe that. Um, and it's not like Kenwood, you know, is like Green Hill. They weren't, they didn't, they don't, they didn't just come into existence, you know, two years ago or anything. This is, this is a program that's been around for, um, I don't know, about as long as its players have been. Um, so for them to be able to, uh, to, to have such an insane, uh, stretch of games this year, really to open and close the season. That's that's pretty impressive. I, I want to read you some stats here from that game real quick. Uh, they had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different players carry the ball. Uh, they went for 31 yards, 200, 299 rushing yards, and five touchdowns, along with 207 passing yards and five touchdowns, as well as two pick sixes. Um, so... Yeah, they had a game. Um, so a quick shout-out to the Kenwood Knights. They're playing um, a big game this week against Northeast. We'll get into that in a bit. We welcome in Isaac Shelby, head coach of the Clarksville Wildcats. The Wildcats are coming off a 58-20 win over Maplewood and gearing up for a huge region game against Gallatin this week. Isaac, how you doing today? Pretty good. How's it going, guys? Doing good. pretty good. So, uh, uh, before we get going into that Gallatin game, uh, tell us about that Maplewood game. I know uh, Maplewood uh, non non district game that you guys had coming out of the bye week. Um, what made you guys want to schedule Maplewood, and uh, what do you think that you guys were able to get out of that game? Um, we, we wanted to schedule a couple of Metro teams um, on the cycle because it, it's likely like if we make the playoffs, then we'll go to Metro. So I think it was important to see. Um, like some of the like metro speed, um, like in, in the regular season before we get to the playoffs. So Maplewood and McGavick had empty weeks, and um, we took them just to kind of, you know, get a little bit of earlier preparation for that. Isaac, uh, the last time I saw you guys, well, the only time I saw you guys was when you made the trip to Hendersonville. Obviously, that game yeah, didn't shake out the <laughs> didn't shake out the way that you wanted it to. Uh, but yeah. you guys, you know, have have definitely gotten better since that game. I, I'm wondering curious what what have you guys improved upon what what has allowed you to take some big steps in these last couple weeks 
Um, but I think, you know, we just focus on getting better every week. And, you know, we, as long as you do that and you make the playoffs, then, you know, when you get in there, it, when you get in there week 11, you know, all that stuff going before is gone. So um, we just really focused in on a couple of things and uh, a couple of different things each week. And, and I think it's worked for us recently. Do you have a – so, uh, you know, obviously you guys are playing for the 3-4 matchup this week against Gallatin in, in the region that you match up with. Smyrna and Overton will – uh, kind of determine who the three seed is in that region. Do you guys have a you guys have a preference of who you play the first round of the playoffs? No, not at all. We're just um, just happy to be in. You know, there's a lot of good football teams across the state that you know played really well and didn't manage to get in. So um, we're just we're happy to be there, and um, you know we'll see what happens when we get there. Isaac, it's been my experience ever since moving down here that uh, your football teams get a lot better as the season goes on and really have played your best football down the stretch. We saw that in uh, 2019 um, and last year as well. Uh, do you think that that's the case this year where you guys have really really kind of started to put things together and could be playing some of your best football right now? Uh, I think so. I mean, it's one of the big focuses that, um, you know, we, we, we have all year, um, you know, this time of year, nobody's worried about, you know, what you didn't meet on. So, um, yeah, I wish we played as good, you know, all years we have been in the, you know, like in the stretch run the past couple years, but it's a big deal for us to be playing well now. Coach Shelby, coming to Gallatin this week, you know, Chad Watson goes goes back with Montgomery County. I'm sure you probably you probably know about him, about his teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. curious what you guys have found on film um, that, that Gallatin does well, and I guess what's the game plan, what's the mentality as you head into the biggest game of the season? Um, I think they're really athletic. Uh, I think they're big, strong, fast. Um, the linebackers are good. Um, you know, they've played multiple quarterbacks. So they're both good. Um, you know, I think Chad does a real good job. Uh, you know, I, I think Chad's always done a good job of, um, you know, working with what he has and uh, and building something around what those kids can do. And I think they've done that offensively. That's a really good football team, I think. Yeah, with Gallatin and Clarksville this year, both teams obviously are going to uh, be running the ball. A um, lot of uh, options both ways, a lot of different guys who can uh, tote the pill. Um, do, you, do you think that there's any um, thing that can really swing the game one way or the other um, that you're trying to either prevent or make happen? Um, I think every game kind of swings on. I think at the end you can you can grab in any high, almost any high school game, you can grab five, six, seven mistakes that somebody's made as long as they're big mistakes and take those out and the score is different. I think um, with the way both of these both of these teams play, it's not five or six. I think it's, you know, three. But the game will probably hinge on – it'll be 150 plays and it'll hinge on three of them. And you just don't know what those are. Um, you know, I think special teams will be a critical factor. Um, you know, it, it, turnovers will be a critical – like all the, all the normal stuff. Um, I just think it'll be – um, it'll be more important because of the uh, like the shortness of the game, in my opinion. Coach Shelby, here you are with a chance to get to seven wins. Uh, you know, I'm curious. You know, it's it's obviously a very important game, but what would a win Friday night do for for just your program and the confidence as you head into into the playoffs? Um, I mean, being against the Sumner County team would, would obviously be big. We haven't. Uh, played very well at all the other two times we've been down there. So I think that would be, um, I think that would be a big step. But 
you always want to go in on a positive note. So, um, you know, I, I think it makes a big difference in the first round, uh, you know, what kind of note you go in on. So that would be a big deal. Um, it's just a, I think it's just going to be old school, you know, I think it's just going to be old school slugfest between two tough teams and, you know, we'll see who comes out on top. And it's obviously going to mean a lot to a, to a certain demographic of Clarksville fans. If we, as we have talked a couple of times, just how, you know, this is, this is a rivalry that dates back a long time ago. I know, you know, maybe mm-hmm. you lost that a little bit over these last, you know, however many years, but it's still a very important game, isn't it? Yeah, it's a huge game. I mean, it's Clarksville Gallatin has been going on for a long time and, you know, it, it took a pause there for um, whatever region, whatever reason. But, you know, like I can remember just being a little kid and my dad played, you know, against Gallatin and he would tell me stories about it when I was a little kid. So, you know, for those guys that graduated in the 70s, you know, you know, Gallatin's a really, really big deal. Yeah, and I'm curious, uh, with Gallatin obviously being the team that uh, some of the other Montgomery County schools have played, like West Creek and Rossview, uh, have you talked to uh, Todd or Fig at all about uh, their experiences playing them? No, because I, I think it's, um, you know, I just think every week is different. And, you know, it, we, you know, it's just not something that, that we really talk about. You know, we'll look at the film and try to kind of make our own determination on it. But, um, you know, it's... Uh, you know, they definitely played very, very well in those two games against Rossview and West Creek. Coach, we just really appreciate your time. You're always very humble and gracious to come on our show. Uh, so we just, you know, best of luck Friday night and uh, best of luck as you head into the playoffs. All right, anytime, guys. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thanks, Isaac. Up next on Coach Speak is Gallatin head coach Chad Watson, who joins the show. Got a big, big, big critical game this Friday night against Clarksville High School. Coach Watson, how are you doing today? I'm oh, doing pretty good. Uh, finally getting like uh, starting to feel like football weather, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, man. You look out the window; it's cloudy. It's just kind of like, like you said, man. It's just football weather. I think maybe, maybe in the 60s if we get lucky. Uh, Friday night feels like it's going to be a cold one, so. Uh, if you if you plan on going out to a game, make sure you dress warm for sure. Uh, Coach, first thing I want to ask you about is someone who was not at the Lebanon game. You see a fourteen nothing final. You see Gallatin out outgained Lebanon on the ground. What was working for you that game? And uh, just kind of tell our listeners, you know, kind of how you guys are feeling headed into into this week off of uh, maybe your best performance of the season. I thought our kids played really, really hard. I thought our intensity was good from the start. Uh, defensively, I think it's the best game we've played all year. Um, the the first touchdown they got, I mean, we're in a situation where we're punting the ball to them with a minute and a half to go, and they got an explosive kid, number two, and we really wanted to try to avoid him. And he ends up hitting a big return on us and kind of setting up a tour right before the half. And uh, Offensively, like you said, we moved the ball quite a bit. It's just we couldn't punch it in. I mean, within the first – Seven minutes of the ball game, we're inside the ten. I know one time we was inside the two, and we come away with zero points. And we've just made it an emphasis to our kids, like, "Hey, you've showed your potential, battling a top ten team in six A, but we just got to finish drives and worry about what we can control." And I thought our kids came back yesterday and had a really good attitude at practice, and uh, maybe a renewed sense of belief that, "Hey, we can compete. We just got to show up, play." Yeah, that's one thing I wanted to ask you is, like, obviously it's tough not getting any points down deep inside the red zone uh, because of some turnovers. But does that, I guess, I mean, even in even in the worst case, does that still boost your confidence knowing that, like, hey, we can do it? It's like if, as long as we don't shoot ourselves in the foot, this is a completely different ballgame. 
Yeah, I think so. And I think it does. And, um, it's just going back to execution and cleaning things up in practice. And I thought, and I know he fumbled a couple of times, but I thought Luke Cook did a really good job in his first start, made some good plays for us, extended drives and, uh, broke off a couple of runs. So it's just, um, growth and trying to continue to get better. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about Luke Cook. He steps in uh, for an injured D. Sullivan against Beach, and then you know he did some really good things against the Bucks. I know he had two touchdowns called back due to halt due to some phantom holding calls, and then he gets the start last week on the road at Lebanon. What does he bring to that position? And he changed off. I think one thing Luke does a really good job is is kind of riding the mesh to the point, like hiding the football to where it makes it a little harder on defenses to. Um, decide whether the fullback fit the ball or if he's got it. And that's a really critical component of this flex on offense. So I think he does a good job, and he does a good job carrying out his fake. And, um, he's a student of the game, and he's been trying to get with Coach Clemens and making sure he's making all the correct reads. Chad, this week you're going up against uh, Isaac Shelby, a guy that you are very familiar with, of course, as an opponent. Uh, both of you are former Northeast football coaches. Um, I'm just wondering if that's uh, exciting for you guys to be able to play each other again, especially with these kind of stakes at line. I think the biggest thing of this football game, um, I think Coach number one, Coach Shelby does a good job, and he's won a lot of football games. And he took Northeast to some deep runs in the playoffs, and been a few rounds deep with Clarksville High. So I know he's a good football coach. But honestly, that three seed is enough for uh, for the coaching staff and our kids to make this a big game, um, put ourselves in a better position in the playoffs. And I think our kids are focused in, and just like Coach Shelby, I'm sure has got the Wildcat bunch focused in on the same thing. <clears throat> Yeah, looking at your guys' uh, non-region schedule, uh, you guys have played teams uh, like Mount Juliet. Of course, the Blackman game uh, wasn't able to be played, unfortunately, but uh, Mount Juliet, Station Camp, and then Lebanon last week, three very good football teams. Uh, do those kinds of games prepare you for games like this? Um, I think it does, but I also I think each week is its own game and uh, how you match up with your opponent. There's a lot of different variations or Certain teams may be more vulnerable against the pass, and with us, that really doesn't affect us too much. So it's just – it's all about matchups. But our kids have been battle-tested, so I think that is, if anything, an advantage for us. Yeah, it's still early in the week as uh, we're recording this. Um, but I was wondering what you have seen about uh, Clarksville on film so far. Um, really dynamic football player, number three. Uh, number six does a good job managing the game. Uh they're very similar to us. If you're going to see a football game get over with quickly, then the Gallatin Clarksville high game is probably going to be one of the fastest one in the state, just because we're not going to, neither one of us is going to put the ball in the air much. Um, I think defensively they run to the football really, really well, uh, well coached in special teams. I mean, they do, like I said, coach Shelby does a great job. Coach, I am not that well versed in Clarksville. I did see them one time when they went to Hendersonville, but that's about it. Um, so if I'm – I'm not trying to spurn any other players, but it, it does seem like Clarksville's offense is uh, revolved around Rayshon Bowling. Uh, I'm curious, yep. you know, how, what's the game plan going in to stop him? To Because obviously if he gets going, Clarksville is a completely different team. So what's your game plan going into the into the matchup Friday? Um, honestly, having our eyes in the right position, they're like a they're an option-based attack. Um, but like you said, he's the primary playmaker for them. It's just for us um, – trying to put them in situations we don't want to be in offensively. Let's win first and second down and get them in third and longs, uh, which they haven't been in much this year. So, obviously, I think a big thing for us is winning first and second down and get them in a situation where they're uncomfortable 
where they feel like they might have to put the ball in the air. Absolutely. You know, you joked about uh, how that game's probably going to be one of the fastest in the state this week. And, uh, I mean, I agree. Both teams run the ball quite a bit. But um, when you do have a game like that, how much does that um, narrow the uh, window of opportunity and the um, kind of and, – and how much does that shrink your uh, margin for error? I mean, I think it definitely does. I mean, that's what both of these offenses are designed to do is um, – Hopefully, if you get up on somebody early, it kind of pressures every possession uh, on the opponent from that point out. So, we both know and understand that. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're challenging our kids all week to show up and play fast and get off to a good start. Coach Watson, you guys have had some uh, good notoriety around your program these last couple of weeks, especially on the recruiting trail. Uh, I think highlighted by Jaheim Merriweather's uh, unofficial visit to Ole Miss, picking up an offer from the Rebels. I know you had Luke Cook make his way down to Vanderbilt, and you've had some other kids uh, go to like UC or uh, various other places. Can you just tell us the excitement around your program right now and kind of uh, about those kids and what makes them special? Um, yeah, I mean, since I've been here at Gallatin, I think we've had 24 kids that's had some type of collegiate offer uh, to play at the next level, and that's just something I've always kind of had a passion for to I tell our kids if if I think you got a chance to play at the college level and you've done what you're supposed to, you're supposed to do in the classroom and you've held up that end, then I'm going to call everybody I can or hit up everybody I can on Twitter. But um, really excited for Jaheim, six two one eighty five is the class of twenty twenty four. Being a sophomore, it's just he's got the length to play at a high level right now, and that's what a lot of people don't realize is you've got to have the measurables. No, no matter how good your tape is, you got to check the boxes for those college coaches. And Luke cooks the same way. He's six, three long and lanky and runs pretty well. But some of our seniors are going to start getting more and more offers. It's just kind of a trickle down effect because I think they'll be playing at smaller levels. So that's these kids work their butts off for us for, I mean, I have them probably 47 weeks of the year and that's the least we can do as the coaching staff is we're, we're doing our part to make sure if they have an opportunity that we're helping them out with that. Coach Watson, I, you know, you could very easily shoot this question down because you could say, you know, we're not looking ahead or anything like that. But, uh, you know, it's our job as sports reporters to kind of do that a little bit. And I have looked ahead at the region that you guys are going to match up with. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a good region that you match up with. But uh, competing in this tough region that you're in with the Clarksfields and the Beaches and the Hendersonvilles of the world – do you guys feel confident that whenever you do get into the playoffs that you're going to be well-prepared for whoever you see? I, yeah, I think we can compete with anybody. Um, I mean, honestly, if you're looking on paper, um, Hendersonville, I mean, I think if most people are picking, it's probably going to be the odds-on favorite, and we've lined up and competed with them. And they got a heck of a football team, and they go, do a good job. But, I mean, it just is what it is, and I know if a lot of people have talked to us about the jump to 6A football, but if you look at the team that knocked us out two years ago, it's looking like the favorite to come out of the far west, the summit. So, yeah, um, yeah, I feel like our kids are prepared, but we're we're telling our guys, I mean, this is a playoff week this week. I mean, like you're right. setting up position for next week, so we could the winner of this game avoids Cane Ridge and will play the winner of Smyrna and Overton, who are both good football teams, but Kane Reeves has got a reputation making runs in the playoffs for sure. Awesome. Well, Coach Watson, we really appreciate you coming on, dropping some knowledge for us. Best of, luck, best of luck this Friday night as you take on the Clarksville Wildcats. And, hey, best of luck whenever you get into the playoffs, Coach. Right. Thanks, Zach.
Appreciate you guys. So, Zach, what do you say we get into our Players of the Week here? Yeah, absolutely, Bernie. If you don't mind, I'll go first. Um, I'm looking at Hendersonville senior Torin Baker, who has been named our Player of the Week before this year, but he finished the 62-12 win at Rossview with 11 carries for 150 yards and one touchdown. He also added three receptions for 71 yards and a touchdown and one punt return for 14 yards. So shout out to Hendersonville senior Torin Baker for the big night in the 62 to 12 win at Ross. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very deserving. Uh, we've heard Torin's name mentioned a lot this year and for good reason. Um, my player of the week is uh, I, I, a rare occurrence where I'm going to be naming a player who um, actually played in a loss. Um, so this is going to be uh, DJ Merriweather. Uh, you, you'll see him as uh, Derek Merriweather listed elsewhere, but uh, uh, DJ plays um, both uh, baseball and basketball along with football. He, he stepped up this week in place of injured quarterback Cooper Wallace for the Clarksville Academy Cougars. Now they lost this game. Sit down for this score. 62 to 60. Chewy! <laughs> and DJ Merriweather accounted for 476 yards, 327 passing yards, and 149 rushing with seven total touchdowns, four of them through the air, three of them were rushing. Um, so, you know, it's definitely safe to say that uh, you cannot blame DJ Merriweather for Clarksville Academy's loss on Friday night. Absolutely not. What a goodness gracious. Did you take the over in that game? <sighs> no, I think I predicted it would be like 28 to 20. So, uh Definitely would have lost that bet. Yeah, man, what a what a game. Yeah, I was actually. Uh, <laughs> it's funny enough. I, I was at Montgomery Central on Friday, and for my route to get to Montgomery Central, I drive past Clarksville Academy. Um, well, the Clarksville Academy Sports Complex, I should say, because they play away from the academy itself for football. Um, and as I was leaving uh, Montgomery Central, um, you know, it's it's about. I don't know, maybe five miles down the road from Montgomery Central, you know. So I finish my interviews and everything at Montgomery Central. I get back in my car. Um, I, I gave JP a call uh, in, in into our uh, helpline. Tune into to that shows on uh, Friday, by the way. There's a there's a nice little plug for you. Um, and uh, so I'm driving down and I'm driving past Clarksville Academy and that game is still going on. I still see the lights. I still see the scoreboard on. I still see the players on the field. So as I was, you know, Getting home from my uh, from my work, this game was still being played. That's that's how long this game was taken because of that insane sixty-two to sixty score. Yeah, that's crazy. Hey, uh, real quick, shout out to Montgomery Central, right? Oh yeah, absolutely, huge win against Marshall County. Um, they're playing a big game this Friday. Uh, we'll we'll get into that in the picks. Uh, so stick around to hear more about that. But yeah, I mean they're just having a heck of a season for sure. Absolutely, great, great for them. Great for them for sure. Up next on Coach Speak is our weekly pickums. Brady, you know, well, you're probably not going to because there's a hundred of them, but you know that gif of that one guy, like just like looking in disbelief, like uh, what? Well, that's exactly how I was looking on Monday when I realized it was week 11. Like, how oh, are man. we in the last week of the regular season? Like, it's unbelievable how fast it flew by, right? Yeah, it's cliche, but man, time absolutely flies when you're having fun and this has been a fun season 100 100% 100% or as the kids like to say 100 well, um, yeah keep it 100 yeah <laughs> listen sit listen here, well here we are the final week of the regular season and in Sumner County there are a few teams that have their postseason seeds locked up 
there's still a, a lot to be determined after Friday night results for, for several teams. Uh, but first, let's dive into um, a region contest that doesn't necessarily matter, but you still want to have momentum as you head into the playoffs. And that is the 6-3 and three Beach Buccaneers on the road at Rossview, who's 2-7. and seven. Rossview was eliminated from playoff contention last week with their big loss to Hendersonville. Um, this is a contest where, like I said, Beach, you want to try to make up for last week's drumming on the road at Brentwood and Rossview. I don't want to say they're just trying to get through the game, but they're probably just trying to get through it this, this, at this point and get into winter workouts and start their 2022 prep. Um, but listen, this is a game that I don't think is very close. Um, so I'm picking Beach to win 49 to seven. Yeah, of course, I have my uh, picks in for this game as well. Um, you know, it's unfortunate for Rossview. You know, at this point, when you're when you're out of the playoffs, um, you know, you don't have a chance of sneaking into that four seed or anything. You at least want to be able to play spoiler, right? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, Rossview doesn't even have the chance to do that because Buccaneers are about as locked into the number two seed as you can be. Um, yep. So this game, unfortunately, as far as standings go, just doesn't even have any bearing. Um, you know, Rossview can't even finish last. I mean, they're locked into fifth in in the region um so no matter what happens you know beach is number two roster's number five um the hawks it's senior night for them so that'll be cool for their very few seniors i think they've got you know five Except, yeah it's like maybe five, seven. seven it's, it's yeah. very few seniors but it'll be cool for them you know they'll honor the cheerleaders the band members of course um and hopefully they can give their underclassmen something to look forward to and build on um but that's really all that's at stake in this game um but that said i've got beach winning this one 38 to 7. Yeah, one last quick point about Rossview. You definitely want to try to go into the offseason with a little momentum. So even if they don't win this game, if they can just get some positives, whether that be on offense, defense, special teams, you know, you're going to try to cling to anything as you head into into winter workouts. Absolutely. Looking at – you know what? Actually, I'm going to save this next game for last because it's the most critical in Sumner County. So I'm going to move on to Hendersonville versus West Creek. You know, I haven't made my picks known to the public yet. But um, I'll just, you know, it is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven words for this preview. It is simply do what you're supposed to do, Hendersonville. I've got them winning 59 to 12 over West Creek. You know, Zach, as you just mentioned that game, um, I just realized I don't even have that one on my picks. I, I completely overlooked it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's easy. Listen, I, it's easy to do, and if if the coaches ever hear me say that, they'll probably be, you know, wanting to wanting to tackle me for giving West Creek some some motivation. But I mean, this is this is two teams just in completely opposite directions. I, you know, I'm very high on Hendersonville, and I think they could make a real run at it. Um, they're four and zero in league play for a reason. Um, so again, just do your job if you're Hendersonville. Yeah. So um, I guess I got to come up with the score on the spot here. I, I sincerely apologize to West Creek and Hendersonville because I I don't even have this one in my picks. So I'm gonna have to do that right after we uh, we hang up here uh, recording this podcast. But um, yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, this these are two programs in on complete opposite ends of the spectrum at the moment, um, and it's unfortunate. Um, but you know, West Creek, you just kind of wanna. Like, like Rossview, you know, maybe give yourself something to build on, but Hendersonville is a much taller task than Beach is. No disrespect to Beach, but Hendersonville is, is one of the premier programs this season. Um, you know, my score prediction, you know, to come up with it on the spot, I'm just going to say it's going to be a lot to a little. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. And, you know, I think 
I think West Creek may be able to do some things because I would suspect you're going to see a lot of second and third string members for Hendersonville in this game. Um, it's going to be you know it's going to be one of those contests where you want to get in, get out, and hope for no injuries. Yep. Um, so, sidebar for Hendersonville, you know, I've I've spoke with uh, I'll just say people off the record and. They would much, you know, in years past, they're playing Mount Juliet in the final regular season game before they go into the playoffs. And I think they would much rather play a team like that as opposed to West Creek as you head into the playoffs, right? Cause just because you want to play a game that's going to prepare you. And I'm not saying West Creek so. can't prepare them. And I'm not trying to be mean or, or hurtful or anything like that, but you're just looking at base facts here. And mm-hmm. uh, it just doesn't seem like there's going to be much pushback, pushback from, from the Coyotes. So, um, Again, just get in, get out, do your job, and, and get on to the to the first round matchup, which probably won't be much better for Hendersonville as they welcome in a team like Lincoln County for the first round of the playoffs. So, um, a good a good chance to get rested up if you're the Commandos, I guess. That's right. Uh, moving on to my next contest, we're going to look at Division Two action. We've got Pope Prep hosting Macaulay. Pope Prep six and three on the year, two and two. In league play, Macaulay 8-0, 4-0 in league play. Man, Pope Prep got rolled last week to Ravenwood, a game that I just did not – or a result I just did not see coming whatsoever. You know, I talked to uh, someone, a uh, non-named person who is a fan of Pope Prep, and uh, he said it was one of those games not only did they got, <laughs> get beat, but they got beat up in that contest. And that doesn't spell well when you welcome in maybe the best team in all of Division 2, 3A – in Macaulay coming into town. Um, so I'm just going to keep this short and simple. I think Macaulay rolls Pope to a tune of 49-14. to 14. And, uh, you know, if Father Ryan wins their final game of the season, uh, they could be – Pope could be in the fifth seed as opposed to the fourth seed. So um, a lot could happen with this final week of the regular season in D2-3A. But I've got Macaulay winning easily 49-14. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, D2 um, action as well. And, uh, you know – Unfortunately, um, a season that started incredibly promisingly for Carsonville Academy. Uh, I mean, you remember, we, we talked about them early on. They were on a roll early yeah. on this season. Um, but it's looking like it's going to end unceremoniously at this point. Um, they're they're ho- hosting it, uh, or the, I'm sorry, they're visiting uh, Mount Juliet Christian Academy, who is 2-7 and 0-4 and and in the region, whereas Carsonville Academy is 5-4, and four, but also 0-4, or in, yeah, 0-4 in the region. They've lost all their region games. Um, and, and those include winnable ones, including uh, Grace Christian Academy Franklin and Columbia Academy last week. We talked about that high-scoring game. That, that could have been a game they very well could have won. Um, MGCA, MJCA has been brutal this season. Um, they've allowed the most points of any team in the region, and we know Clarksville Academy can score. So um, they're, so they're going to be able to put up a lot of points in this game. But, um, you know, it's really unfortunate that Clarksville Academy is really not going to be playing for uh, anything in, in this game. Not, not really playing for much here. Um, but I'm going to pick them 52-20 to 20 for the win and, uh, you know, go into the offseason on a uh, one-game winning streak. Yeah, I like Clarksville Academy in that game as well. Um, like you said, I you know I am a proud Mount Juliet Christian Academy alum. I uh, graduated there in 2008. But you're right. Listen, we never had a good football team there. I mean, they had they had their they had their run a few years ago when they had a few good players who's now off at, at college. Um, but I mean, just not a uh, just not a football factory over there in Mount Juliet, which is which is kind of sad, honestly, because they are in such a prime location. 
yeah. in Mount Juliet to, to kind of stack them because you've only got DCA and Friendship Christian that are even remotely close to them. So you would think that they'd be able to recruit or get some kids uh, from that Mount Juliet area, but for whatever mm-hmm. reason, they just they just haven't been able to do that. So yeah, uh, as proud of an alum as I am of that place, yeah, they just they they yeah they just they struggle on the gridiron for sure. But anyways, I digress. Moving on to uh, Portland on the road at Henry County. Both teams four and five overall. Henry County three and one in league play, whereas Portland is two and two. This is a very uh, interesting matchup because if Portland wins this game and Kenwood loses their game, which they in theory could do because Northeast is a decently good team. And when you've got two city foes going against each other, you just never know what could happen. But if Portland wins this game and Northeast loses, they could jump from the four seed all the way up to the two seed and be hosting a first-round playoff game. Right. But, as Lee, but as Lee Corso says, not so fast, my friend. Uh, <laughs> this is on the road at Henry County, a tough place to win, a long drive that is going to have to be taken by Portland. Um, they may be doing this as they have in years past, but still a very good football team. And um, a stat that I saw the other day about Portland kind of concerns me. You know, they have five losses on the season, um, but in every single game that they played in, they have held a lead in the fourth quarter, but somehow I found a way to lose five contests, including last week's game against Springfield that turned in that turned a 14-13 lead at the start of the fourth quarter to a 35-14 loss. So I'm not sure how you get over that hump, what needs to happen uh, to get over that hump, but uh, I just don't see it going well for Portland on the road, and so I've got Henry County winning 42-28. to yeah, Henry County, I mean, um, I, I've been there for a couple football games in my time, and uh, let me tell you, it seems just dread going to Paris. I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, there's no easy way to get there. No, there's no easy way to get there. You're taking back roads pretty much the entire way. Um, but when you're there, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to upset any Henry County people, so I'm not going to call their uh, their suit section annoying. Oh, they're but... annoying. I don't care. I'll, I don't care. I'll say it. But they got the train horn. They got the police siren. It is just loud there. I mean, that's a yeah. that's a, a proud fan base. You know, that's I, I'd say that's probably the best way to put it. That's a proud fan base, and uh, they're they're gonna make it hard for anybody who goes in there to win. Yeah, I uh, I made the trip up there a couple years ago for the beach semifinal round, dude. God, that was annoying. That that police horn and that siren. I was just like, my ears were bleeding. Yeah, it's a quick way, quick and easy way to get to us. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. Uh, well, you mentioned this next game. Uh, it's the Northeast Eagles playing at Kenwood. Uh, Northeast is two and seven, one and three, um, whereas Kenwood is five and four, two and two. Kenwood has really been one of the more um, pleasantly surprising teams in uh, in the city for me, at least. Really, between both of our cities, Kenwood's been one of the more pleasantly surprising teams. Um, whereas Northeast has been very much disappointed this season. Um, but that said, Ken, uh, Northeast just played uh, Henry County last week, a game that I thought would have been a blowout, and they lost that game 44-40. to 40. So that was a very, very close game. Northeast was coming off a bye week where, you know, they had a chance to maybe figure some things out, and, um, you know, if they play like that against Kenwood, they can absolutely get the win. Um, but that said, Kenwood, like I said, scored 82 points last week. That, granted, it was against Northwest, who um, definitely is um, not a uh, the, the stiffest opponent to put it nicely um but Kenwood is just rolling I mean these this is a team that is going to be able to just score in bunches 
Um, I think this game is going to be decently close. It's not, uh, it's closer than I thought it would have been, you know, you know, maybe two or three weeks ago. If I was picking this game two or three weeks ago, I, I would have had Kenwood in blowout. Um, but as of right now, I'm picking Kenwood to win this game 40 to 32 and hold on to that number three seed. You know, speaking of Kenwood and putting up 82 points, as our listeners know, we're math guys, Brady. And oh, as we pointed that, yeah. out, well, as we pointed out last week during the, our text chain, like through the transitive property, Kenwood is basically Oakland this year. That's exactly right. In, in 2019, um, Oakland put up 82 points on Kenwood. So now that Kenwood has put up 82 points on Northwest, I mean, that's simple math right there. We don't. I mean, we are math guys, but we, you don't need to be a math necessarily to figure out that i mean hey Kenwood is, is open now. i wouldn't want to play northwest in two years basically yeah yeah exactly get ready for the vikings because they're not they're not they're the next open yeah <laughs> moving on to station camp at hunter's lane the bison seven and two four and one overall at hunter's lane who is one and eight and zero and five in league play Brady, Station Camp needs to get their groove back in the worst way. After starting the season 7-0, they have dropped two contests in a row, none bigger than their 48-0 blowout loss on the road at Green Hill. Just took me by complete surprise that that would happen. Um, I don't even know if they ever got off the bus to play that game. Uh, I'm not sure what happened, but it was Green Hill early, and it was Green Hill often, and it was Green Hill late as they won very easily. Um, but here is a chance to kind of get right as you head into the playoffs. Uh, no disrespect to Hunter's Lane, but just that they have struggled, the Warriors have this season. So uh, I've got Station Camp winning by a, a semi-big margin, 35-14. to 14. Yeah, I mean, I texted you um, on Friday night. I was like, hey, is Station Camp washed? I mean, what's what's going yeah, on Yeah, right? Um, yes. So I, was, I don't really know what happened last week. Yeah, I don't think anybody expected that. I mean, Green Hill is having a fantastic year, but I mean, Sherfield was going into that game too, so seeing that was very much shocking. Um, Here's a quick one for you. This is going to be Northwest, who we've already established. We'll see him in two years, is is what we're seeing. Um, They're going to be facing Springfield. They're 7-2, 4-0. They're back in our top 25. Um, This game doesn't have any bearings on the final standings. Springfield locked into that number one seed. Northwest and he's locked in, in the basement, uh, so to say. Um, that makes it sound like it's a horror movie or something. Um, and this season has kind of been a horror movie for Northwest, unfortunately. Um, I think Springfield is probably going to, you know, maybe have a, a, a drive or two with their starters, maybe bring in some kids um, later on. Um, so that might make the final score look a little more respectable for Northwest. But either way, I've got Springfield winning 42 0. <laughs> Dude, I'm over here trying to contain my laughter. <laughs> what the. What a sentence. What a just dude, that was incredible, Brady. I hope we're, you're we're, You know, not only are we uh not only are we math uh math guys, we're we're wordsmiths as well. That's incredible. That's incredible. Uh moving on to Westmoreland on the road at Harpeth. Westmoreland two and seven overall, two and two in league play. Harpeth three and six and oh and four in league play. Listen, I've mentioned time and time again about this Westmoreland team being so much better than the record shows, and they showed that last week, jumping out to a huge lead over White House. Of course, White House was able to claw back and get the 35-28 to 28 victory, uh, but the way they looked last week just goes to show that sometimes you're better than your record states, and I think that's exactly what Westmoreland is. And uh, they're going to be playing ticked off Friday night when they go on the road at Harpeth. And I think Harpeth gets the wrong end of that deal as Westmoreland walks away with the 35-12 to victory over, over uh, Harpeth. Yeah, now, Zach, there haven't been many instances this season where um, one of the top games in the state is coming out of Montgomery County. Um, 
but we, I think we have a chance at, at seeing that this week where uh, Montgomery Central goes to Pearl Cone. Both yeah. teams are 8-1 and one this season. Um, they're both 6-1 and one in the region. Their only losses have come to Tullahoma, who, of course, is a, a very good football team. Um, this game has actually um, been moved up to Thursday, so kind of a, 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 a little primetime slot for you there, so people will be able to pay a little more, bit more attention. You might get some, uh, some bigger crowds because of that, um, you know. Only game in town type thing because it's going to be on a Thursday. Um, this is my game of the week, personally. Of course, you know, that Kenwood game, the Clarksville game we're going to talk about coming up. Um, those games are also huge games. Um, but that just kind of puts into scale how big this game is. Um, Montgomery Central just got a huge win over Marshall County last week. And that puts themselves in the position this week to play for that number two seed in a home playoff game in the first round. Um and that's nothing short of incredible for Central, in my opinion. They're playing in a region with nine teams. I mean, nine teams. You got, of course, uh, coming into this season, they called Tullahoma, Pearl Cone, and Marshall County the big three. Um, and after talking to Logan Sykes, uh, the quarterback of Montgomery Central last week, he said, oh, it's a, it's a big four now. I mean, we've beaten Montgomery, or we beat Marshall, uh, Marshall County. This is a big four in this region. Um, but you also got respectable programs like Greenbrier, Creekwood in there. Um, I know Creekwood's having a bit of a down season, but this is a tough, tough region. And, and the fact that Montgomery Central has established themselves as one of the best in that region is is, is just wild to me. Um, but on the game at hand, Pearl Cone, obviously just one of the premier programs, not only in 4A, but really in the state. Um, they got a Mr. Football contender in uh, Barry on Brown. Uh, I'm not positive whether he's actually going to play this week. I know he's had to sit out a couple games, uh, nursing some kind of injury. So, obviously, if he plays, um, he's an X-Factor. He's the best player in the game automatically. Um, but both of these teams have absolutely established themselves as contenders. Um, that said, um, actually, here's a fun stat for you. Uh, I was looking at both teams' um, you know, overall numbers for this season. Not only do they have the exact same record overall, the exact same record in region, they've both allowed exactly 79 points through nine games. Wow. Pretty interesting. So that's, but that's less than nine points per game that they're yeah. giving up to their opponents. I mean, that's that's defense. Um, the difference is Pearl Cone is averaging about ten points per game more than Central, uh, and I think that that will be something different. Um, that's uh, that's a large part due to their um, offensive philosophy because Montgomery Central is really a possession team that wants to kind of run the ball, grind down their opponents. Whereas Pearl Cone has a lot of you know quick strike guys, they're going to be able to put the ball in uh, in the end zone frequently. Um, and, and, and you know you see Pearl Cone. I know I'm rambling here, uh, but you see Pearl Cone. You're going to you know expect this to be maybe kind of a blowout. Um, but I think it's going to be closer than expected. Um, that said, I am still going to pick Pearl Cone, and part of that is for the Indians' sake. <laughs> I was talking to Montgomery Central's head coach, Jeff Tomlinson, after the game on uh, Friday, after I picked against them. He said, hey, I saw you guys picked, I saw you picked against me. Thank you for that. I'm just thankful that they didn't put me on blast on Twitter like we saw what happened with uh, Joel a couple weeks ago. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but they love when I pick against them, and uh, I'm doing that this week. Um, I'm taking Pearl Cone in this one, 28-21. You know, this is obviously not a pick for me in Sumner County, but I think we have this on our staff picks. Uh, I cannot catch up to Brady, who is the leader. So I'm going to take a few chances this week on some picks. Uh, and I'm actually going to pick Montgomery Central to win this game. I like yep. what they've done this year. Listen, I think they have a good defense. And uh, I love the confidence. I love that quote that you just said from the quarterback that we're it's the big four now. I love that confidence from yep. Montgomery Central. So, uh, hey, I, I may be the only one in the state, but I'm going to go through and and, uh, and pick Montgomery Central to win this one. I think I think Emily will probably pick Montgomery Central with you. 
cool, um, cool, cool. But uh, yeah, we, I, hey, we still got games to go though. I mean, I know that sounded like I was making it sound like it's it's the last game here, but it's it's not. We still got some, some good ones. I was gonna save this pick for last, Brady, but I'm actually gonna switch it up. So I'm gonna talk about Gallatin Clarksville first before I get into my last game. Gallatin hosting Clarksville, who is six and three on the year, two and two. The Green Wave are three and five and two and two in league play. This matchup is for the three seed in Region Five Six A, so it's gonna be a good one. And this is a contest that I have flipped back and forth on. I pro- I'm not joking, Brady. I probably at least five times on Sunday I flipped back and forth who I was gonna pick. Um, but there's something about that Lebanon game that stands out to me for Gallatin as a major positive. Um, I do think Luke Cook brings a different dynamic to this offense, and it allows D. Sullivan to kind of focus on defense. And I think maybe you saw the best defensive performance of the season last week for Gallatin. Uh, being at home, uh, knowing that this game is going to mean so much to to Chad Watson and his staff, I'm going to pick Gallatin in this one, 24 to 21. Well, Zach, um, funny enough, I picked the exact same score, uh, but with Clarksville winning the game, 24 Fair. to 21. Um, now I, I know that's anticlimactic to just see my score like that right away, but let me give you some reason. Um, like you said, that Lebanon game, um, it, it does stick out as a big positive. I know it was a loss for them, but Lebanon's been a really good football team this year. And uh, we also talked to Chad about their um, non-region games against teams like Mount Juliet and Station as well. They've just played some really, really good non-region games, as well as playing teams like Hendersonville and Beach in the region. So they have played some really stiff competition this year. And, you know, iron sharpens iron. I mean, that's that's really something that we've seen um as long as we've watched football, you know, playing those good teams will make you better. Um, but that said, Clarksville's coming in this game with momentum. Uh, their last two games, they've won by a combined score of 109 to 20. Yep. Um, I, I know it's against West Creek and Maplewood, um, but that it, that does suggest that Isaac Shelby's team may have started clicking here. Um, and that's something that usually happens with this team. Um Galton has home field advantage, which I think is going to be big. Um, Galton has been good lately too. I know they started the season pretty rough, but they've they've kind of bounced back a little bit here. Um, you know, this is just going to be such a good game, man. I'm I'm I, w- I wish I could be here there for it uh, because I, I just imagine it's going to be you know grinded out football. Pads are going to be popping. They're going to be some big plays here and there because both teams got some big play makers. Um, but like I said, I've got Clark still winning this one 24 as well. Yeah, I definitely noted uh, their offensive explosion in the last two weeks. I mean, scoring over 50 in back-to-back weeks, regardless of who you're playing, is something that, uh, that should be noticed and should be recognized. So certainly, Clarksville is um, is clicking at the right time. And it kind of hits on the the point that I asked about Chad, asked Chad about how this region is feeling heading into the playoffs. It feels like this region is going to be well tested and well prepared for whatever uh, region. Is, is it Region 6, 6A, or Region 4? I believe it would say, I believe it's 6. Yeah, yeah. So whatever Region 6 has to throw at them, I feel like Region 5 will be ready for it. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, the loser of this game is going to draw Kane Ridge. But, um, you know, I, I feel like either Clarksville or Gallatin, that, that's a tough draw in the first round. 100% for sure. Uh, looking at my final pick of the week, what a great way to close out the regular season than White House and White House Heritage. I know it's a non-region game, but listen, when you got a rivalry game like this in the final week of the year, I think that's awesome. So, hey, I'm talking to you, Pope. Uh, schedule Father Ryan last week of the season. I'm talking to you, Hendersonville. <laughs> schedule Beach, Beach the last week of the season. Clarksville, Rossville. 
Yep, I'm talking to you, Gallatin. Schedule Station Camp the last week of the season. I'm talking to you, Portland. Schedule Westmoreland the last week of the season. Give me your rivalry games the last week of the year. And listen, I know the argument for not doing it because you want to play those games early in the year when all your guys would, in theory, be the most healthy, right? I, I, I kind of get that. But there's something to be said about playing your biggest rival the last week of the season. Um, so all that said, I think it's going to be a fantastic football game. They play for the Rotary Cup uh, down there in, in White House. And so uh, it's going to be for, for city bragging rights. Listen, these these kids, they live next to each other. They go to the same church. They go to the same functions. They hang out with the same people. They see each other on, at Kroger on Saturday. So you're just going to get a really good football game. But, hey, White House is 8-1. They are they're a very good football team. I'm nominating Randy Blackburn for Class 3A Mr. Football this week. Uh, so get loaded. I'm winning 34 over the Patriots. Yeah, and then uh, I want to make uh, one last uh, honorable mention pick here. You know, you, we talked about your alma mater, MJCA. We've talked about Russell's alma mater in uh, uh, Station Camp. We've talked about uh, Blaine Keller's alma mater, uh, Springfield. I want to give a quick shout-out to my alma mater, the Troy Colts. In uh, Troy, hey. Michigan, <laughs> they're uh, playing a home playoff game this week after only eight and one this season. Unfortunately, they're playing against uh, Chippewa Valley, who Max Preps has ranked as number twenty-six in the state. So that'll probably be a loss for Troy. But shout out to them for getting that home playoff game. I'd love to see them get all the way to Ford Field, which is of course the home of the zero and seven Detroit Lions, where the um, state championship is always played. It'd be cool to see them get there. But hey, it's, it's cool that they got this home playoff game. In. That's really cool that, that, that Michigan holds their state championship games at, at, the, at the Lions Stadium. Uh, get a chance to, for Ford Field to see a victory uh, once this season. Uh, yeah, exactly. I wish <laughs> I wish that Tennessee would do that, you know, and obviously that you have to set that up with the Titans and, you know, whatever. I'm sure there's obstacles throughout the way, but it would be cool to see your state championship game played uh, at an NFL stadium. You know, maybe Ford Field has the advantage of, you know, being a dome turf, so you don't have to worry about you know, grass getting ate up and things of that nature because, you know, T- the TWS to play just likes to hand out. Part- uh, let me back <laughs> yeah, You know, they, they, there's nine state championship games uh, for football in TWS to play, which is a ton. Um, so, you know, maybe there, there's there's your reason why you don't do it at Nissan Stadium, but pretty cool for, for Detroit, or for, excuse me, for Michigan to, uh, to hold their state championship games there. Thank you guys for joining us for yet another week of Coach Speak. Can't believe it's the last one of the regular season, but you better believe we'll be talking to you uh, once playoffs roll around. Absolutely. And listen, you're not going to get rid of us after football season. Brady and I are very much looking forward to our basketball podcast, the Full Court Press with Montgomery County and Sumner County Schools. And with basketball season tipping off in just a few short weeks, it'll be here before you know it. So, again, thanks so much for joining us for Coach Speak this week. I'm Zach Womble, and I'll see you on the sidelines. You've been listening to Coach Speak with Brady and Zach, the latest in high school football from Montgomery and Sumner Counties. For more on high school sports in Middle Tennessee, visit MainStreetPreps.com.